What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today, we got a fireside chat, and it's about to be fire. So, yeah. what up, DeMarco? How are you, brother? Oh, you know, trying to stay warm and cozy. It's awfully cold and rainy. So. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's the thing with living in Oregon, dude. I'm actually jacked yeah. for a multitude of reasons. Okay, number one, we've got a bunch of fire guests coming up. Like, dude, I don't think we, you know, we we had a lot of meetings, um, or shut down a little bit for Corona, and then uh, with the nudging of my sound engineers, like, let's fucking just let's go go virtual so we've been doing a lot of virtual podcasts and i don't think we've ever had this many i don't think we've ever had this many people lined up man i don't think so either not that i can remember we're getting guests from all over man like all we got had a a great converse an episode that's going to drop on Friday. Well, by the time everyone's by the time this, this is out, be, it will have been out for a week or so. It will be out. But yeah, I mean, right now I'm I'm on this weird path of like finding brothers and sisters everywhere that are doing non-traditional black things. You know, as a non-traditional person myself, just like into all sorts of weird shit. It's been exciting to kind of meet like-minded folks, and I think I mean we've got some lofty goals for the show this year and the emphasis is on growth and expansion. We're fucking taking over is basically what's going on. That's the plan. That's the dream. It's not the plan. It's the dream. It's it's going to be executed, man. Like we've got a lot of things coming for you guys. A lot of things. Yeah. Church of the Chubby baby. It's going live. When are we Church when are, that'll be the, what? First of the year, correct? First of the year, man. Yeah. That's that that page is live soon. That's the we, be cool. the website's and revamped it's it's i'm just super excited dude there's yeah. good we got the world's my fucking oyster son you know it's just i'm i'm impressed with uh the speed at which we've accelerated our like show making and guest booking and everything it's been it's been nice to have you know projects because as i'm sure you know uh being trapped inside is not the easiest thing uh it's been no. it's been like kind of like you know when when it's been since this all started since I got laid off in March and then since the pandemic started it's just been a series of okay what project can I do now you know like so by May I had run out of like small things to clean in the house like I think I had by then I had I had vacuumed the baseboards in the house like twice uh you know I built oh a desk God. I built a desk this summer uh I completely redesigned my computer uh with uh like did redid all the wires and put new fans in and shit just to have a new project you know it's been but i mean like the environment is much nicer so it's been a pretty pretty productive year and the best like best and most useful way yeah man do you have any plans for new year's uh other than just i'm kind of you know i'm uh, a shut-in anyway so Probably just normally we watch movies or something like I've always liked to watch uh, like either either just like a really kind of like a long epic type movie or um, specifically the movie Dr. Zhivago because it's like, oh, man, it's like three hours long. So I start watching it at like nine o'clock and it's my way of, you know, staying up, being able to stay awake. 
Mm-hmm. I have no idea what Dr. Schwaga is about. What is it? Uh, it's it's a really good... It's based off of a book. So the film is from the mid-60s or the late 60s. Mm-hmm. And it's about Zhivago, who is... Um, I think he was a Cossack. Uh, as a kid, was adopted by this wealthy Russian family and you know raised by them and he went to college and became a doctor and then it's all set within the fall of the czar and the bolshevik revolution and so it's like and then it, it, the main the main story is like this like kind of epic romance between um Zhivago and uh Tonya who is this peasant girl that he meets um i think she's a seamstress or something but like through the like through the war through world war ii through the revolution they get shipped to siberia and put in work camps like it's a fantastic book and a really really good movie Ooh, based on like a true story or i mean inspired it's just it's fiction but i inspired by what everybody went through during that period of history. I mean, Russia, you know, the Russians weren't the only ones to get blown over and sent to Siberia. Like, um, so my family's family's from Lithuania and Lithuania is probably one of the, like we suffered just as much as the rest, um, like Ukraine and Southeast, uh, Europe. Like they, the Russians invaded and they sent, something like right away, like 500,000 people to work camps in Eastern Siberia. If it's just, just literally for being Lithuanian, um, you know, they did like they did everywhere they moved in. They made, you know, speaking the native language illegal, you know, any kind of religious practice illegal, any kind of culture that Lithuania actually had like a really well established and, um, huge smuggling network for books in Lithuanian to move them in during the, during the war. And they had like, I don't know too much about the other countries that were occupied, but Lithuania had a massive, like, actual resistance movement that my grandfather actually went back and fought with while he was working here. So it's kind of just set set within that zone of just, like, the Bolshevik Revolution and when they took over and started invading countries in the when the Soviet Union formed. But it's a fascinating, fascinating. like, per- time period. Oh yeah, man. There's a lot of unrest and stuff. It was would not have wanted to live in Europe at that point in <laughs> no. time. So I mean, it's coming into 2021. What are some of your goals, man? Like, what what is what are your biggest goals that you're going to accomplish in 2021? So 2020 has been creatively for me been kind of a mixed bag. Like I'm happy with what I've done. Um, but given what I wanted to do, it definitely fell short. Like originally I had planned to work on a lot more music and try to get a project out by the fall. And then my uh, band glitter wolf trying to get us to have an album and be out in the fall as well. Just, we both like uh, myself personally. And then, uh, Mike, my partner from glitter wolf, we just mentally were just completely fucked by this. Um, and, have we have done a lot of work that we do have an album kind of sketched out, but we had hoped to have been much farther along. Um, so my goals really are music goals for the next year. Um, 
I want to release, make sure Glitter Wolf has a good release, and then I'd like to actually try to release some sort of my own solo material because I haven't done that now, and um, it'll be two years in March. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I kind of didn't fully intend to like kind of just take off that amount of time of doing my own stuff, um, but I just kind of did um the project that i had been working on since college um kind of fizzled out um not necessarily creatively but just like attention wise like it was just starting to feel like i was beating my head against the wall and so i kind of like i haven't given up on it forever but i kind of just shut it down and put it put it away still have a lot of that stuff i still have all of it that i can work on but i shifted to try to like take the time to like get better and improve my technicality in terms of writing and, and, and Mm -hmm. programming and then trying to pick up different genres and kind of figure out what my next direction is going to be. Yeah. But what do you think? I mean, cause you were on sort of a hip hop wave for mm -hmm. a hot second. Yeah. Where do you you think you're going to continue down that path or do you like where, Yeah, I think I'm, that's one of the, so like I have, I have a solo project that I've been kind of working on for about a year now and haven't done much with it in about eight, eight or nine months, um, that I want to do, but that's more in like electronic kind of house adjacent music. Um, I have been, you know, when I started writing music, I started doing hip hop and, um, kind of fell away from it and I've come back to it and I'm going to continue that. I think that's going to be one of my big goals is that I want to continue to push myself to keep writing beats and writing stuff that I can sell and then, and like license and stuff to rappers and get that tuned up enough that I could have like a, a 10 track beat CD that I could release and learn how, like figure out how, how to sell beats just cause I know it's possible. I've just, I've only ever sold them to like clients that I've met in person. I've never done any kind of like selling online, which is, I know is a huge space. Um, and then I'm going to definitely continue working with the, uh, R and B act that I've been doing with a friend of mine that I met at Starbucks, um, called Marheem that it's, uh, kind of like hip hop meets. It's like if Bryson Tiller could rap and sing, then that's kind of where Marheem is. It's we've done, I think we've done two releases and I filmed a music video for him and we've got probably another five or six tracks in the can that are kind of in mixed states that need to be finished. And then he's going to put out an album here in the next like six months. And then we're going to continue doing more, I think. Dude, that's dope, man. So I love most of the goals are music related. So yeah. You're on the grind, continuing to pursue the passions. Um, Dude, have you ever heard of Kiwi and the Influentials? Did I ever show those guys to you? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. They're a a group out of Seattle, and it's like jazz fusion. So think of like Kendrick Lamar's to Mm -hmm. Pimp a Butterfly. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. Fusion, yeah, but it's that Seattle ethos, right? And okay. they're incredible. I think they're like 20 years old. So it's a jazz band and a rapper, oh, and cool. the dude has fucking bars. And they 
went radio silent. I'm a super fan. Mm-hmm. And they've got four or five songs off of an EP they released. And it's got like a, a fucking killer whale. And I think the Seattle skyline, if you, if you pull it up, it's a super sick. Uh, um, and oh yeah. I got to put that in the show notes as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause I want them to blow up, man. They're, they're incredibly, they're amazing, okay. but they went, they went radio silent for like COVID. And I just found out, out about them like right as COVID was starting. Oh, I like bummer. went to their page, sent them a message and yeah. nothing. And then like they, their page was active on uh, Christmas and then they dropped another song oh, nice. last night. And it was, I mean, I bought it. Yeah. I bought the digital track off band camp as they're charging a dollar fucking send them five dude and i yeah. i mean i'm i'm just every time i see i'm just like don't give up man like don't go to don't go to school don't do any of that bullshit just mm-hmm. go after this dream yeah until you're like 30 and then and then if you're like 30 35 you're not nowhere maybe you think about getting a job i don't i don't know <laughs> but they're incredible yeah, see, I it's took so the I took the opposite route if I went to college for this, so this is like definitely what I'm doing. Yeah, well, that's 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 the that's the move. Yeah, I love that you went all in on that. Um, and then I just discovered this. Uh, I think it's Serena, mm-hmm. it's Omia, and oops, oops, and uh, she's incredible. It's really, it's a really weird like. Can't really put my finger on what kind of music it is. Right. It's like it's like soul, but like I don't know. She's she's got a she's got a guitar. It's it's wild, man. I, I was on the cutting edge of music. I felt like for like a few months mm-hmm. in the past, and then I got busy doing other shit, and now I'm behind. I have no idea what's going on anymore. Yeah. I hate music. I hate <laughs> it because it's just it's such a vast universe, right? Like that's what makes so it so great, though. Many I know that's, but I get like, I'll, I'll get upset when I find out like some, maybe an obscure band or an artist, it's like maybe blowing up and I had no idea they existed. I'm like, how is this possible? Like what, how did I not know that this existed? You yeah. know, it's, that's kind of my feeling. There's just so much of it out there. That You'll was how know I, everything. that's how I felt when, uh, I first started listening to um, to like synthwave when uh, when I was in college yeah. and finding all of these bands that it was like and even now to this day it's it's not gotten it's the the sound that has come out of it has gotten a lot of commercial success with like people like the the weekend and um, the weekend and the midnight and then there's a few other you know just that kind of like eighties big lush sounding synthesizers. And stuff, 80s pop vibes have definitely blown up in the last like three or four years in pop uh, pop culture and pop music in general. But finding all this stuff, it was all just in like niche, tiny online scene with, you know, the biggest person in the scene, you know, like so when I was in the scene and I got in and I was writing and I kind of like felt like I was getting to like this kind of like status of being one of the kind of like not top top level but i was in like i don't know like the second or third level down where it was enough that i was getting pub and i got you know i got contacted to play shows a couple places and open for people and stuff which was great um the like one of the biggest people in the scene was just a you know a father of three who just did it as a hobby 
and started it as a joke to make uh, music as if he were a vampire, you know, or, um, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, friends that I've met that, you know, are like, you know, my partner from Glitterwolf, Mike, I met him when uh, Glitterwolf used to be Mike and another person. And then that other person just went rogue and was a complete prick and is a, just a fucking wild story. Um, so Mike asked me to join the project, but I originally met Glitterwolf because I was doing a radio show at OSU called, um, oh, what was I, my show? I can't remember what the name of my show was, but that's where I get my, my producer name is Don John DeMarco. That was my DJ name. Um, I played them. I found their music and played them on my show on KBVR at OSU. And like, I was just like, I need to work with these dudes. They're awesome. And now I am part of the band, which is cool, but just like finding people like that. And they're just two struggling musicians in Kent, England. It's a, it's a wild thing, man, where it's something that I've noticed recently, especially getting more success and, and kind of a snowball effect. Everything that you have, like, let's say you have a dream or a goal in mind, you have everything you need to accomplish it, accomplish it in your network. Yeah. It's just, you got to start asking. You mm-hmm. got to start asking. Everyone has an interesting story. Everyone, there are people that are going to help you along the way, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and you just never know. Like, um, and I can struggling to think of an example at the moment, like the best one I can just right off the top of my head. I just was hanging out with my, one of my really good buddies, uh, Darren, who is a Apache helicopter pilot mm-hmm. and he was on leave and I went up there and I, we raged and I ended up leaving my phone, getting a ride back to my lady's place. And I woke up the next morning. I was like, fuck, all right, I'm just going to grab an Uber. Mm-hmm. No phone. I was like, fuck. So I walked down to this guy. I mean, I was like, I could wait for my girl to get back, but she works at a hospital and that's, that's just, I've got way too much shit I need to do. Yeah. So I need to roll. I need to, um, I need to, I need to figure this out. So I had an option. I had, I knew, I know two numbers up by the, uh, my heart, like off the top, like by heart, my mom's and my best friend, Josh's. Mm-hmm. I called Josh like five times. He didn't answer. And I was just, Told the ladies at this uh, gas station, I was like, I will be back, but wait for him to, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, I'm stranded. Yeah. He finally called me back, got Darren's number, got a ride home, like problem solved, mm-hmm. but that's not the best example. There's multiple. Yeah, that day was funny example. though, because you called me and you're just like, I, you know what, this day sucks. It sucks, but I'm going home now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It burned up a lot of it burned. I burned up a, a large chunk of my time, which I wasn't anticipating. Yeah, but you know, it's there's no one to blame but myself. But you I mean you you'll solve I have, you'll solve all, everything you need is in that network, man. You can always get help. Yeah, that story reminds me of how recently I lost my my car keys for like two weeks. Just didn't straight up didn't know where they were, and luckily, like you know, I have a set of keys, and my fiance Becca has a set of keys. And so we just used her keys for for the time. And I was like, toward the end of it, I was just like, man, I'm pretty pissed that I lost those because I had um, I had bought a uh, a nice, it's a camera strap, like a, a wrist strap that it used this company called Peak that they make this like really quick change um, strap system. And I had bought a little one that it's like the size of a small lanyard. Um, 
and it just attaches to your key ring using a little thing. And I was I had bought that because I was just like, oh, I can always have a camera strap and it can be a lanyard on my phone or on my keys. And I was pretty pissed because I lost that. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then I also lost a car key and that costs about like a hundred and some dollars to get fixed. That sounds great. Uh, we ended up finding them one randomly at the bottom of a basket where we keep all of our blankets, but also set like our dog's leash on. So I think what I did was when we went camping, like, or, uh, hiking a few weeks before I had like put him, put my keys in her pack or something and like fell to the bottom of that, that basket. But like, I was so pissed when I lost my keys, but I'm, uh, but I know that feeling when like, you're just like, you have no idea why you've lost it and it's like maddening because you can't even think of where it is but it's like so obvious oh yeah man that's that happens i don't generally lose my keys or my phone but i mean i was shocked you use your i use my phone for fucking everything Mm -hmm. i really do yeah You you have access to everything in a moment's notice and then not having that was very weird that that was my first i was like i don't know any i know two numbers i can't get an uber i can't like i can't reach out to anybody like Mm -hmm. i'm fucked yeah (laughs) that was a weird i felt naked man it's so weird that like that's how like that's that's not a rare like thought process or whatever like of how everybody is just so dependent on their phones or it's like, I don't even know if I'm, I'm not really honestly dependent on my phone. Although it did take me two and a half years to memorize my, uh, fiance's cell phone number. So, you know, maybe I'm dependent on it, but, uh, how like I'll occasionally just run to the store or something for something real quick and not take my phone or just forget it and leave it at home. And how like, almost like panicky I am for a second that I'm like, oh shit, what if I don't have my phone? What if I need, like, what if my car breaks down and I need to call a tow or I need to, like, my in, my car insurance is all through the internet and I have to, if I need to request, like, a jump or something, I have to go on the app and do it. There's no phone number. It's like, what do I do? But it's so stupid that I should be like that because I didn't get my first cell phone until I was, like, 14, you know? So I've lived literally half my, almost a, a little over half my life without having a cell phone and now that I have one I'm like almost helpless without it oh yeah man I um I mean your phone is basically an an extension of your consciousness man mm-hmm. it's an, an external hard drive if you think about it, I don't need to remember anything I don't need to know how to read a map I have navigation mm-hmm. that will get me everywhere I, it's I don't it's even crazy. have a map it, in my car yeah yeah right that's <laughs> It's well, it's 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 interesting because we're actually losing. It's causing us to become descaled. I know mm-hmm. that someone was doing research, and I think the one of the Inuit tribes, their mm-hmm. navigational skills are not even close to what they used to be. They used to be able to identify landmarks mm-hmm. and you know go off direct, but. Um, using you know the sun and the stars and shit to navigate they don't really do that anymore because we have navigation yeah um you know my dad he's he's a luddite he's still great at reading a map i'm mm-hmm. fucking terrible at map reading awful awful and that's actually something that i'm working on improving map cause... reading is fun uh i i'm pretty good at it i have a i still have a pretty solid sense of directions i like to think that i'm not terribly dependent on directions like i never have to use them uh 
in town unless it's like some part of town that I just I don't go to ever and I don't even know like the cross streets and I can't even make a guess of where it is but like you know like when I travel mm-hmm. to do our show in person at your place which is about like an hour and a half from me um I the I it took me about two times to get up there using GPS to to remember the route which it's a, it's a fairly simple route cuz there's not many turns but um by the now I can get there from memory without having to worry about like, you know, okay, what exit off of this and you know, what turn, what street, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, man, that's actually funny. You say that because, uh, for me, I realized I have shit direction. (laughs) And one of the things I started realizing was like, okay, I'm always using my GPS to go right. Certain, I got to fucking, I got to use it once and then just free ball it make some mistakes and yeah. figure out where i'm going to use my brain more because yeah. really not that like, was that's, yeah. uh, i was gonna say that's like i when i was in college the f- sec no first job that i ever had on campus i worked for um the it was in the business or not the business school they were in the business school and they had moved to another one, but it was a uh, fashion and apparel design that the Dean mm-hmm. couldn't drive. So I would drive her to meetings. Like she would take meetings at like Nike and Adidas and stuff up in Portland. So I would drive her back and forth from Portland. And one time I had to drive her to a conference and leave her, but then I had to pick up a bunch of stuff. And so I had my phone and I had all the addresses and luckily I had also written down the addresses. Uh, but I had to go to the Nike campus, and when I got to the Nike campus, my phone died, and I didn't have the right adapter to charge my phone in my car. And so I had to, Mm -hmm. first of all, find the thing that I had to get, but then also I was lucky I found a receptionist who helped me print paper maps for all of this. But, like, I got lost, like, going from Beaverton all the way. I had to go all the way to Happy Valley, which is, like, on the complete opposite side of Portland from where I was. And... um, we got forced off the interstate too soon because of traffic. And then like, I was just like, well, shit, I'm totally lost. I've only been to Portland like three times. Like, what am I going to do? And I was just, I, I'm lucky. I remembered if I just keep going East, I'll hit 405. And I know at some point I need to hit the 405 because I'm looking at the directions to get, get off of wherever mm-hmm. I am. But I couldn't tell where I was. And that was, that was my first real like wake up call to like, oh shit, I need to like, I'm good at directions, but I'd kind of gotten lazy because I had it. I need to remember how to find stuff and like memorize how to get places because, you know, my phone isn't always going to be there. I definitely, yeah, I think that's something we're definitely losing is those uh, memorization. And on that theme, like, uh, I mean, you're very versed in this, but I'm, uh, for the listeners that don't know, one of the challenges that I'm partaking in uh, in 2021 is my goal is to watch 100 hours of TV. That's it for the entire year. And That's such I, a I don't know why goal. that number popped into my head. Huh? It's such a steep goal. It is, man. But I think, well, I just started thinking about it. And my thought process is this. Uh I believe you can improve your your intelligence a little bit reading fucking books and and finding uh, you know ways to, that are, are going to actively use your brain and I don't think I'm really learning much when I'm watching TV I'm watching shows and bullshit mm-hmm. and I can memorize lines and shit from movies and stuff that makes me laugh but I was like I mean if I read more I'll be able to pull that information It'll, I'm essentially trying to make more room for 
important shit in my brain. Just, you know, mm-hmm. one of my goals is to improve my financial literacy. So I bought like six books on fucking finance, mm-hmm. being better with money, investing, real estate, property investing, all that shit. Yeah. Those, I feel like that's going to serve me better than fucking binging Ozarks and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good but, show. I mean, I still want huh? It's, it's a, a good show. show. But it's, I still, I mean, that's, 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 that's a little less than two hours a week, right? I mean, yeah. it'd be, if it was 104 hours, it, yeah, I think it'd be two hours a week exactly. It was mm-hmm. 52 weeks a year. So, yeah. um, but I just, I figured I want to read more, man. I've got, yeah. I've got a lot of books. I got a lot of shit I, I've got to do. And, and that's going to count in that challenge. Um, I mean, on Instagram, watching those fucking funny videos and stuff, that's counting against me. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube is definitely counting against me. That's rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on some rabbit holes on YouTube. That's going to count against me. For pornography, all that shit. I'm just trying to decrease my screen time. Mm-hmm. and trying to clear my head and see how much knowledge I can pack into my brains. Because if you look at Nicholas Tlaib, uh, yeah, Nick, or, Nassim, Nicholas Nassim Tlaib, who's a, a, the, a, an author that wrote Black Swan, mm-hmm. he reads a lot of books. And one of the things that he wrote in one of his books is when I need an answer, I go to a book. I don't go to the internet. I go to mm-hmm. books first. And um, he's one of the things he said that really inspired me as well was, is like you, you can judge someone's I'm going to butcher this, but you could basically said you can maybe judge someone. The value of their library isn't in the books that they've read because they've obtained that information. It's how many books they haven't read. Yeah. That's the true value. That's that's shit. That's because that's, that's new knowledge that you're going to acquire. And I look, I mean, I have quite a few books, but I mean, shit, I'm, I'm fucking trying to build a library. library So with your, with your, all your book reading, are you specifically focusing only on nonfiction, whether it's self-help or just like learning type things like histories or autobiographies or things like that? Or are you also going to, I would personally, if you, if you haven't been much of a reader, um, as far as like fiction goes, tossing in a few, like what would be considered like classic books that like everybody should read for whether it's just for the sheer joy of reading a good, oh, oh, we lost Rick. Hey, there you go. All right, yeah, a little bit of this, little bit of uh, technical difficulties here. Um, but anyways, what were you saying? I'm sorry about that. Oh no, um, stop me if you heard if I said it already. But like, it, like if you're only going to be reading like nonfiction, or if you would also be reading like classic fiction things, like like I think you should you should read Doctor Shivago. That's a like probably one of the five best Russian books ever. I am primarily going to be reading nonfiction mm-hmm. um, and pretty technical stuff. I just, I w- that's probably a book that I'd buy on Audible, but even mm-hmm. um, the Audible uh, that I consume, 99% of that is just stuff that either I don't want, I don't see myself reading in a, in a, in a speedy manner, mm-hmm. or I'm like, I'm already into a book right now. I, I love, I think audible is the best cheat code to life. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much, like, I just love that you have someone, cause I, I'm pretty lucky in the, in the sense that I retain 
a lot of shit that I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just same. that is the easiest way. I'm a, an auditory is that an mm-hmm. uh, yeah, learner. So learner. You, if you're telling me something like that, like information, I can just download that that into my brain, no yeah. problem. I have for so like it feels thing. like when it's like non-critical information. I'm very good auditory, but also if it's critical, like I need to be able to like I can like you can teach me how to do something, but before I really get it. I have to do it and or see it be done. Yeah. Um, so I'm more of like a tactile learner, but auditory, like I do, I do remember stuff, especially song. Well, songs and music. I mean, I'm a musician for a reason, but um, just like, you know, speaking parts of films, like you were saying, memorizing, memorizing lines of films, like, you know, I could sit down and watch Spaceballs and just in memory and, you know, play the movie out while it's happening, you know, stuff like that. But I would recommend like, I think your goal is definitely good, but if you have a certain number of books you need to read, you should pepper in a few light books that would be like easy reads that you can like, it's like your break because you can't just like slam Austrian Austrian economics all year long. No, 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 no. That's not what I, I mean. Generally like the right now I'm obsessed, you know, I'm very obsessed with improving my financial literacy. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm going to be interested in reading. If I get, to, I don't have a, I don't have a certain number of books. I want, I don't have an, uh, there's no number goal. I mean, last year it was 12 hit that. Mm-hmm. I I don't have any goals. I do. I do know that I'll be reading a lot more books though, because yeah. I'm going to have more time. Just, just the sheer amount of time that I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. I not watch TV. I, I'll hopefully be filling that with reading. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm hoping I would like to read more. I used to read like a lot, um, like a lot, a lot. Like I would read a book a week sometimes. Um, or like I, like if it was like a really good book, I would read it in a day or something. Um, and then I don't know. I, I think it was around when my ADHD really started to become a problem that I can remember about when I was like 24 or five, I just stopped being able to read and I've only probably read like, a handful of books since and not necessarily because I don't have the want to read books, but I just don't have the attention span. And I unfortunately don't audiobooks have never worked for me. I've tried it, but it just seems like, like I lose, I don't lose interest necessarily, but I get doing things and get distracted. And then it's the same thing. Like when I read a, a an actual book is I get distracted and I have to read the same page like three times before I can move on. Really? Yeah. That, man, that used to be, it's never really been a problem for me. I feel like it, I feel like it, I mean, are you a hundred percent interested in what you're reading now? Yeah. I mean, I try to like, you know, I would have that experience before if I was reading a book that I just didn't like. Um, so I would just stop reading it. You know, I wasn't never like, if, if the you- type that was like, I start a book, I have to finish it kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, but it, on a book that you really enjoy, are you mm-hmm. sucked in? Or you, is it is that an issue for you? It never used. It never things? used to be. I like genuinely never used to be. Like occasionally, like you know, I might have to. Everybody, you have to double back over like a paragraph or something if you missed like a detail or like you know wanted to recall something. But I never had that trouble. Um, now, even if it's a book that it's like a subject matter that I'm genuinely interested in or a book that I was like, I've heard about and it sounds really good and it's by somebody who I 
you know, I like or I respect and I'm really excited to actually read it. And then I go to read it and I start and I can like, I can get through, you know, I can get through it, but it takes me like three, four, five times as long to read it just because of that issue of having to double back all the time, which I just, I never had. Yeah. So you just don't read. I mean, I don't read books, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Huh? I don't read books. I read a lot of like media, like as far as like news online and things like that, like short, short form things. I read quite a lot of, but, um, books just, unfortunately I don't have the attention span, but it's like, but you know, I can sit and watch a three and a half hour movie. I, I, I don't fucking get it, but. That is weird. That that is weird. I I I can't too. I love. I fucking love love cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see Tenet? I uh, I have bought it, uh, but I haven't watched it yet. I need to. I'm very excited to. I love Chris Nolan's probably Are my you, favorite living filmmaker. Listen, next time I talk to you, you need to watch that because there's so many things that need to discuss with you about it. Yeah, I've heard it's really good, and I'm, I I saw something. Uh, that was a quote from Robert Pattinson that he said that uh, there was about three quarters of the year where they were filming that, where he had no idea what the plot was or where it was going <laughs> or he just like, he couldn't oh, even understand it. hundred percent, man. There's so there's so many things I'm very, still very confused about. I'm, I'm genuinely uh, curious. I'm genuinely curious to see if it's like confusing like that because the plot is so intricate. And it's just like because it, I know it deals with time that, you know, that's confusing on its own. Or if it's just so sloppy, sloppily written, no one can figure it out. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle, sir. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going to give anything. No spoiler alerts, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something I'm going to need to watch over and over again. There's no doubt about it. I have no idea what happened. It's way more confusing than Inception. Really? I didn't find uh, Inception too doctor. too confusing. It was pretty straightforward, especially when I mean, you'd seen it maybe the second other time. The, other than the last portion, you know, like did did he? And if you haven't seen Inception by now, go fuck yourself. I'm yeah. spoiling. This oh one. no, yeah, uh, watch it. It's like a ten year old. Sorry, movie. it's it's like, yeah. Um, when the when the top was gonna either fall, like mm-hmm. it definitely fell. It was reality. But that there was a lot of argument. See, I don't think it was reality. Like, I think the ending is fucking the, kidding. No, I, the ending's too perfect. Are we going here right it's now? It's too dreamlike. <laughs> now I, I would have well, to I it would I would have to go I haven't seen Inception in a, a couple years. So I would need to go back and watch it again just to refresh my memory of like specific things. But the the ending of just like everything is perfect and everything he could have wanted, then it, it feels a little forced. So and that doesn't feel like something that would go with that story. And then on top of that, you never see the kids' faces until the very end. Okay. I when there's what's the in the part where they're wandering through the city and they find uh they start finding all the things that he and his wife had built and that you know mm-hmm. he had what, what was the line something about how in order to like when you lose yourself is when you start to believe that your dream is real 
Yes. Or something like that. I I don't know. It just it felt like he gave in to the dream because the the ending was just too perfect given what was going on in the film. And then there's a, I know that so, I know that there are a few other little markers of events that happened that I wasn't convinced of that I would need to watch it again because like I said I haven't seen it in at least a year or two um to recall but I mean, but. how how is that a perfect dream because and that reality that you're or that dream in which you speak his wife's dead mm-hmm. but he gets his kids back he gets all of the charges revoked he gets his passport he can go home you know it's about it's like as good as he can get yeah but if if that was a dream his wife and kids would still be alive so why settle with that just saying mm-hmm. just no, saying it's a good point there yeah, i i had always point. i had always thought too was that cuz he says you know if you die in the dream then you're you know you're released or you die. I forget. Is it you die? Then you, in wake, real life. Then, then you wake. Then you wake up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I see. I think when because when they went, they go and lay down at the train track, and they start saying the you know, there's a big train, it's coming at you, something, something, something. Um, she, yeah, she dies. I think she didn't die. I think she actually got out, and that he's like f- trapped in the what was it the the zone that they called it where you're just like you're so so deep in your subconscious that you can't come out. I have no idea, but that uh, I'd have to Great watch film. you. Uh, that is a very, in- it's a very interesting take. Which is, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why we both love Christopher Christopher Nolan is because mm-hmm. everyone has their own interpretation. He doesn't lay anything out for you. It's mm-hmm. up to you to interpret that film. I love movies like that, and it's it's kind of dope that he's able to do that in mm-hmm. Hollywood because. I mean, films nowadays are just, they're pretty, they're pretty freaking simple. They're like, yeah. there's, I mean, uh, there's kind the of been a little bit of, making, a, there's kind of been a, res, a renaissance though in the last couple years of eschewing the kind of like, I mean, yeah, there's still your popcorn movies and stuff, but like there's way more emphasis on quality of narrative and technical quality as well, which is something I think that, it's the the attitude that Nolan has about he never s- wants to settle for doing like you know a quick movie just to get a paycheck and fill out a, a number on a contract or whatever. Um, you know he he always gets some of the best composers. He always has the absolute best cinematography that I've some of it that I've seen. He has incredible effects and he insists on doing them you know practical because they look better. Um, there's kind of been a little bit of that in horror in the last like three or four years with like A24 doing stuff with uh, like Ari Aster with uh, Hereditary and Midsummer and then The Witch and The Lighthouse and kind of like I haven't, a, seen a fusing. The I haven't either. I'm, I'm, I want to see it because that the, I can't remember the guy's name, but he made The Witch and I love The Witch. Um, I'm curious to see it because I've heard it's good, but I've also not really heard that much about it after mm, two months after it came out. Nobody kept going back to it. I've heard it's a bit of a, I've heard it's a bit of a mind fuck and I just haven't, I just haven't sat down and made the time to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, that time's coming, yeah. um, but I just haven't, 
haven't done it yet. If you haven't seen so, I mean, Heredit- if you haven't seen Hereditary or um, Midsummer, I would definitely recommend that. Those are great. I've movies. Definitely seen Midsummer was incredible. Um, I still haven't watched Hereditary. We've talked about this yeah. before. We're, I'm going to. I'm going to. I just haven't. Just haven't done it. Um, but man, I just. I'm jacked. Mm-hmm. Can't can't get off this. I'm, I'm I'm ready for 2020 to be over, 2021 to start. A little nervous. Got a lot of goals. I mean, realistically, tw- to 20 2021 is going to be a better year, but it's still going to be pra- from the outside perspective, practical. It's still going to be pretty much the same for about six months, and then it'll lighten up. Hopefully, yeah. but I would agree. You know, but yeah, I I think. The last year has been so up and down for like mentality wise and just like my mental health that it's but it's come out every single time higher than, you know, it has been previous last several years previous to this. So I'm excited to, you know, be able to continue just improving myself in terms of like, you know, the last like year and a half or so has not been my best physical it's probably been my like worst physical shape that i've been in for the past 10 and i'm you know i got sick i was sick last fall and i'm very very certain i had covid um and there were a lot of effects that stuck around like my lungs being like half what they were before and having like weird circulation issues um that are starting to uh, fade and not be there so much anymore. And I've been able to be running again. Um, that's, that's one of my goals this year is I want to run another half marathon. Um, and I've been doing a lot of like interval workouts and sprinting and doing the occasional like distance run, but I want to get back to like distance running again. Cause that was like, it's a lot of fun. It's very meditative. Well, why don't um, you find a race mm-hmm. after this podcast, and I'll do it with you. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Just pick one, like sometime, like maybe like August out. or something. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I'm in. Now let's do one in. Um, let's do one in like March. That might be. I will do May. I'll split the difference. I can be ready let's by do May. May. Yeah. I'll be in, I'm going to be in, I mean, I'm, I'll be March. My 75 heart will be over and I'll be in fucking, I'm already in pretty damn good shape, but I'll be ready to crush that. I'm getting better. Like, uh, when was that? Like three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, I did the first three mile run that I had run since I was sick last year and ran the entire distance and didn't stop once. And it was a pretty like hilly route too. Um, God, it's been like my, like, I'm not joking when like I got really sick. I I ran a fucking 10K on no training like two weeks before I was sick and did it with like a 10 minute mile. And I can get back to that. I was running when I ran my half marathon last time, I averaged a 10 minute mile, but I was up like a lot of the race around like seven, eight. And I'd like to get back to that. I think the last time I ran, I clocked myself average at like 11, which is not terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like, and I would like to get back to that. I don't like your language. I, I want to hear. I'm, yeah, I'm going, going to, to get, I am going to get back to that. You know, yeah. I don't, I, we got to 
fucking we gotta eliminate that doubt right now, dude. You gotta set your mind to it's this. Been, you gotta go. It's been nice to be able to run again too, because like there was a lot of doubt that I had for a long while because of like how sick I was and knowing like having heard all about people who had COVID and how they had permanent lung damage that lasted forever. I was really, really scared for a hot minute that that was going to be like my lung capacity was going to just be like permanently done or just prevent me from doing like long distance stuff. But I've gotten like so much stronger. The, um, yeah, the, the whole long haul, I think it's called like long haul, right? After you get infected with COVID and then Mm -hmm. you have lingering symptoms. Yeah. That is super fucking bizarre to me. I have no idea. There's nothing that it can explain that. Who knows? Maybe these people are crazy. Maybe there's something something going on. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if mine mine has been like like cuz I got sick and I like it took me probably two and a half months before I was like I felt close to normal. But even then I was still like had half the half the stamina that I did just in in general to to do anything, let alone exercise. And then just, I, I couldn't run, I couldn't even run a mile without stopping and because I was having trouble breathing that I was having to use my inhaler again, which I haven't had to use my inhaler in a couple months now, which has been nice. So I, I it is getting real, better. Real quick. I got to just, this just popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Did you know in the five, I think it's 5,500 page in the 5,500 page stimulus package or mm-hmm. the, whatever the, the documents. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. Bill. There is a 180 day countdown for various government agencies to release more information on UFOs slash Tic Tacs. Oh, that's, did you, that's good. Did you that's know that? Cool. I did not know that. I mean, there's so much shit in that one. I no, I didn't. Yeah. Know that. Oh, that's yeah, super they cool. Snuck that was, that, that was probably the one thing of 2020 that no one has really talked about much at all is the Pentagon essentially copping to, yeah, UFOs are real. They aren't, these aren't hoaxes. We, we've known about these things for 50 years. We don't know where they're from. They're definitely not from this planet or any technology that we know. And unless they're just, they've just given up trying to like cover up like deep tech or like really highly advanced military prototypes. I think UFOs are actually real, which makes sense to me because seeing the shit that like that, the one that really has been, the one UFO thing that I've seen that's the most convincing is the the Tic Tac one that happened not long ago. Commander 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 David Fraver. Yep. Off the Is that the one you were Yeah, to? the one that happened off the coast of Baja, California. And it was like Yes. Yeah, like three three of the three of those things, uh crafts and like the way that they ha- I mean they had eyes on with with fighter jets the way that they were moving and the distances and the speed that which they were moving and stopping is just not even capable to do inside the laws of physics as we understand them. So that's definitely got to be some, something wild and not, not from here. Oh, that's so 80 day countdown. Marco Rubio actually does something worthwhile. I just will have to stick that in the uh, show notes, but like, um, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. I'm pumped. I couldn't be more excited about um couldn't be more excited about this. You know me. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've been a long time nut about it. what 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 happened 
Speaking of weird, do you remember the uh, monolith? Oh, that, yeah. That uh, island? Yeah. Was that bullshit? It's got to be follow. bullshit. I, I never... I, they, well, because they found one. What do you mean? It's got to be because they, they found the, the first one. They found it like in a canyon somewhere well, in out. Utah, for, for, right? Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. For folks who don't know, there was a an aluminum or some sort of metallic looking monolith just this weird this weird shape um in in the middle of nowhere utah and it was it was discovered by a pilot that was doing sir a, a survey on i think bighorn sheep in the area counting them and he saw this monolith and he posted a picture online and then the, the search went began to find this monolith and people wanted to hike to it, but it was in a very remote area, so never published like where it was. Some people from the internet figured out which her- helicopter he's flying in and used his flight log to track down where the monolith is and then posted the GPS coordinates. Yeah. So a lot of people went there and took pictures, and then it just vanished. Um, the, but they found another one somewhere in Europe, I thought, or in the Northeast. Yeah. I, it just, this sounds like, it's too it's too perfect it sounds like an ad campaign for like a movie for what though it, that's that's the thing is just let's just skip ahead to the part where they just come out and say it was a an ad campaign yeah, it they just probably did it, it just it know. feels it feels too like it's too perfect like a mysterious monolith oh my god there's another one oh my god coming in 2023 Chris Nolan's new oh, film. Yeah. No, the Apple, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just looking. Uh, I'm just looking, looking into this right now. Mm-hmm. From just me skimming this, I think it was a. I think it was a publicity stunt. Yeah, that's that was my guess. Um, I mean, I'm I'm definitely like not. I'm skeptical about a lot of stuff, but like once it becomes apparent to me, I'm more than happy to believe it. Like you know, like ghosts is like. I'm way in on that, uh, you know, and UFOs, it's kind of painfully obvious at this point, the kind of shit that's been going on. And now that the government has come out and said it, it's kind of removed any kind of like, any kind of doubt that I would have had. Not that I trust the government, but I mean, they're corroborating all this evidence that people have now. Um, Who's that one? um, I don't, I, I don't follow UFO stuff really at all unless it just pops up um but there's a there's one person i watched a documentary of his on netflix or on prime that was that he was a former government official or he was very close with someone who was a former government official and he's been saying all these things that are like you know kind of outlandish and but like definitely within the realm of possibility like the government out of uh like what's the air force base that's um it's near West Virginia where the Mothman thing happened. Point Pleasant. There's a. I have no idea. That might be Andrews Air Force Base. I don't remember. There's an Air Force Base there that's associated with a lot of UFO stuff. And, you know, and he's been saying stuff like I remember he said that, like, the Americans have been in contact with a specific race of alien for the past, like, 30 years and they've been helping us develop our technology and stuff. And it's like, sounds outlandish, but it's kind of all starting to point like we might be going that direction. You know, and <laughs> who knows? I mean, I mean, there's so many people. Like, I, I just like to keep an open mind about number one, and I've said this on the show before, and I'll say it till the day that I die. It's way more fucking 
entertaining for me to entertain these ideas and think about them. I mean, how boring well, would your life be, you know? It's like, what if, what if that guy, recently the, the, the former member of the Israeli space program came out and said, and you can look this, uh, I'm a better there was a Canadian official who came out and said the same thing like a year ago too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll have you pull that up, but it just type in like Israeli, uh, space minister, space aliens yeah type that in um and that's not it at all but that'll give you the give you the thing but um he came out and said that israel and the united states have been working former israeli space chief says alien exists and trump knows about it but the, uh, a galactic federation has been yeah. and this guy's like it's like i've seen star trek too but like that seems real to me you know <laughs> He did. He could be in bull. He, he the reason he said he came out about it is he has nothing left to lose. We, like there are ticked. Like the evidence right now is starting to fucking tip into the into the realm of crazies like me and you and yeah. a lot of my buddies. Where like when this stuff comes out, like I've I've been able to convince other people like, oh shit, like is this? Are you for real? Did the New York Times say this? And I'm like, yeah, it's it's. I'm not crazy, man. There's a uh, the evidence. The evidence for me has always been very. There's clear. a Canadian. I'm trying to find it who it was, but, um, a, a lot like the Israelis within the last couple of years, there's a Canadian official who was like, maybe like he was like a UN ambassador or somewhere. He he's come out and confirmed a lot of the same things that the, like specifically to North American things about like, uh, American stuff and has corroborated them that a lot of the stuff that the feds have copped to now is he's, he's been saying for a while. So it's, it's interesting to see all these dudes who are just like, people think they're crazy and then like all this stuff is coming together it's like um like like with 9-11 you know people have a lot of questions of how that happened because the uh, because of the government's own official investigation saying that the official story doesn't line up with the evidence and it doesn't make perfect sense like something's different so it's only a matter of time you know so what like Outside of that, and I'm just thinking about it, the strangest one that I found out about recently mm -hmm. is in 1994, there was allegedly a spaceship that landed in Zimbabwe, in rural Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. to a class of children, and they... I guess crazy shit was going on and that like all these kids, they interviewed all these kids and they all drew the same shit. Oh. And now, um, and yeah, pull up, pull up and I just type in like Zimbabwe, uh, uh, alien or spaceship lands at primary school or yeah. I think it was yeah, in 1994. Remembering Zimbabwe's and, great uh, alien invasion. Yeah, they all, all the kids had the That's exact wild. same story. Yeah. It's in super rural Zimbabwe. And they all, like these beings that they said, some of them had conversations. And listen, I know I'm sounding fucking like a quack right now. So <laughs> I can't help it. I, I love aliens. But they said that the, the beings were telling that like technology is destroying your planet. And you need, like, that's what, if you read the article, that's what all these, all these adults now said that happened when they were children. Mm -hmm. Now what's going on there? Maybe they all just said some, maybe they all just 
did some sort of hallucinogen or some maybe the maybe the maybe the water was spiked. I mean, I that's what know. they tried to say about what happened, like in Fatima. You know that it was just mass hysteria. That you know an entire town saw the sky dance or the sun dance. I mean, you know, something I, happened. I, I, or the lights above Phoenix, like uh, the, the the Phoenix lights. Like, what's, 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 I think the one just, for me that's the most, the weirdest, and the most out of left field, and honestly, the most convincing is the Mothman phenomena. Oh, get the Mothman in no in West Virginia. Way, yeah, not that it's no, not that it's a cryptid. Not that it's some weird animal like the Jersey Devil or something, that it's aliens or that it has because of because of like the stuff like like I don't know how much you know about it, but like, you know, the uh, Wait, time out. yeah. To be fair, to be fair, I have I'm I have not looked into Mothman. OK, I, I have just, a documentary. I, I have a documentary that I've seen that I'll post in the show notes that you need to watch because <laughs> it's. Okay. It, it's very in-depth and it's the best one that I've seen on the subject and, you know, it covers all the popular things, but like the series of events that happened, like, so there where Point Pleasant is, is near this Air Force base that has been linked to a lot of UFO sightings and UFO activity in terms of like what people have said, like humans interacting with aliens, not just seeing UFOs. Um, and then the instance of people all seeing the same person thing called Indrid Cole, uh, Indrid Cold. Uh, let's see. I'll pull. Yeah, here we go. Uh, just this weird looking dude that he, they, all they, the things they say is he's super smiley and he never smiled, but he had just had a plastered on smiled and he never spoke. But all these people that have interacted with him say that they spoke to him, but they could only hear him in their head. So he was like communicating with them telepathically, saying the same kind of things. And and then all the stuff that happened like of when it kind of blew up and everybody was seeing the Mothman and there was just all this mass hysteria going on because no one knew what was happening. The government kept coming in to this town and they were seeing like, you know, like the men in black type people or just government agents that... People would, you know, say something about it publicly, either in a paper or start spreading it around, and then they would just get bullied by these government officials over the phone, calling and calling and calling, um, that they need to shut up or, you know, something's gonna happen, something bad's gonna happen to them. Um, it, it's I don't know if it's aliens, but the the Occam's Razor one is that they the most common theory is that it was the first, um like the CIA tested putting LSD in small amounts into the water supply there to test if they could do that as like biological warfare in or psychological warfare in the Soviet Union. Like if they laced water supplies with uh, hallucinogenics that it would have an effect on the town and it would just collapse. Um, I mean, that, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, considering they gave people syphilis in Alabama, that makes sense, you know, but also being near that one air force base, you know, for our listeners that uh, he's referring to, he's referring to the Tuskegee Airmen who were had contracted syphilis and were never given penicillin for it, so they mm-hmm. could study them. Yeah, um, there was a lot more a, instances of them also just like infecting people with it, not just the Tuskegee Airmen to well, test they also, it too. The 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 CIA also. Uh, the Unabomber, they dosed him during the Harvard experiments with mass quantities of LSD. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that's Ted Kaczynski. And yeah. they also, uh, and this is, you should, we should, we should put notes in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also dosed, uh, God, I believe Charles Manson with LSD as well. Um, like just to see what he would do. Um, I haven't he, heard yeah, that's that a, one. There's, there's a, there's a book on, uh, an investigative journalism book about this this program as well so uh i mean regardless i mean we, we said a lot of wacky shit but i mean the truth is also the truth is out there the truth, no the truth is something the truth is stranger than fiction generally yeah and when you, when you start looking into shit you're you're going to be amazed at a how fucking crazy the world is and how like you just need to keep an open mind really yeah. uh, on all these things because I I mean it's just it's so it's yeah yeah chaos in the sixties CIA and the secret history of the sixties yeah that's it's uh it's it's crazy I mean so I'm definitely I definitely, I, I, I don't think, I think there's I, a lot of conspiracy oh no no yeah I think this is interesting I mean I'm on this train already that like I'm in the conspiracy zone, but I don't, it's a lot of the stuff that I don't genuinely think it's a conspiracy theory that it's crazy. It, it, it makes sense. Like I'm totally convinced that the Bush family has been orchestrating American politics since the thirties and heavily since, uh, Kennedy was assassinated. I don't know, man. I think maybe Dick Cheney was the ultimate evil genius. No, the, the evil genius was Prescott Bush. You need to do do some reading. That that's uh, George W's George W's grandfather. He was an, a massive industrialist, and he was uh, kind of on the down low in Nazi, and was part of a, a cadre of American industrialists in the thirties or forties that tried to get General Smedley Butler to orchestrate a coup and install a Nazi-style military dictatorship in the United States. Oh, I, I'd never heard of any yeah. of this. this uh, is George double uh, not is George. Real? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let's see. Drop me, some, drop me some info on this. I don't want to lose too much of my life to this, but I'm very it's, curious. There's a great, a great book um, called A Family of Secrets that is all about Oh God! Um, all about the history of the Bush family, and all of these things. Like so, like Herbert Walker Bush, our uh, he would have been four thirty ninth, whatever after Reagan. You know, he was Reagan's vice president, then became president. Uh, he was second or third in command of the CIA when Kennedy was assassinated. I'm more than convinced that he was involved he, in that. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that Herschel Walker Bush. I'm pretty sure. Is it? Yeah. Is it Herschel? Or Her, I think it's Herschel Walker is a running back, but um, <laughs> yes, Her, Herbert, Herbert Walker Bush. Herbert, Herbert, Herschel Walker. Herschel, Herschel Walker <laughs> is an incredible running back. <laughs> is a great running back. Uh, Herbert Walker. I'm pretty sure that he at one point ran the CIA. Uh, I remember. Uh, I can't remember if he ran it or if he. I yeah, actually, I believe you're right. I think he did run it, but he was like he was up in that upper tier, upper echelon. Um, echelon. Yeah. yeah, he was. And I mean, the Bushes are direct descendants. There, they 
all of the Bushes have are in line for the throne of the of uh, the United Kingdom. Oh, speaking also the, now that sounds crit. Now we're now we're on just fucking crazy family history craziness. Did you know that Woody Harrelson's dad's a fucking hitman or was a hitman? Yeah, I learned that recently. That's wild. Dude, yeah. Uh uh there's there's rumors that he was there's pictures, potential pictures. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you that look he at was the, the Ken- uh, he he can oh, kill Kennedy. He was, he was involved he was involved in the Kennedy assassination too. Did you know that? No. Dude, That's I wild. have Dude, I have a fucking podcast for you, sir. Ooh, that's and, interesting. Uh, oh, this is this was put, fun. put uh, this book on your list of books to read this year, my dude. This is a this is a good book. The Family of what, Secrets. Family of Secrets. Okay, I will. I it will, will read completely that. Completely change your outlook on uh, American politics for the past fifty odd years. So it's called. Uh, it's called. Son of a hitman, uh, and I'll 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 link that. Oh, there uh, it is. To okay. Spotify. Yeah, son son of son a hitman, hit and okay. it, you can find it. In, I don't know if it's everywhere where podcasts are available. It might just be a Spotify. It is on Spot. It is on Spotify uh, and Apple. Okay, cool. Um. Oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it just chronicles an investigative journalists into Woody Harrelson's dad That's and his brother cool. and and uh it gets fucking crazy I, I I I didn't know this but part of me every now and again I, I gotta put on a good investigative journalism podcast and just go deep I would but, love to uh, do a serial that, podcast like that it would be really that'd be a hell of a cool project that would take years man mm-hmm. I don't know how they Funding. Uh, there's another one that was interesting uh, called, you know, the, I think they're called the Scorpions. That sounds really familiar. Uh, are you familiar with the song Winds of Change? With the Winds of Change? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were like a sort of metal band in the 80s, like hair metal band, right? Yeah. 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 So there was a conspiracy that that song was written by the CIA in order to bring down the Russian or the, the Soviet government because that song oh. spread like what? I will, I will, because- I will wholesale by anything that has to do with the CIA messing with the Russians. Like, yeah. Okay, so I'm in. so yeah. maybe, maybe you should listen to that podcast as well called, you know, when I think it's called winds the winds of change. of change. I mean, that's, yeah. that's my, you know, my, my family has kind of an interesting history with the Cold War that my, you know, my family came from Lithuania. My grandfather escaped as an infant or a very young child after his father. My grandfather, great-grandfather, was going to be conscripted into the Soviet army, so he ate an entire bag of chewing tobacco in all at once to make himself so incredibly sick that the Soviets just wouldn't take him. So he then made his way got he escaped and got to new york or chicago i think chicago and worked for a few years and then got the rest of our family out and my grandfather fought in the in world war ii and then was a deep cover fbi agent in the united states uh doing counter espionage against the kgb and the soviets because they used to use lithuanian people uh, as a cover to sneak people in so i i'm in <laughs> That yeah, sounds well, so cool. You, sir, are, 
you are going to be a giant fan of the Winds of Change. I believe that's what it's called. Um, it's, it's good. It's a good show. It's a good show, man. Yeah. Don't enjoy it. But uh, listen, man, as always, it's a pleasure doing, the, doing a podcast with you. Oh, hell yeah. It's always a good time. It's good, dude. We, I'm, I'm really excited for... 2021 and the direction that we're going. Uh, I appreciate everyone for listening. And as always, stay curious, keep your minds open. And uh, hopefully this conversation has opened the door that aliens are real. Sorry, guys. They're totally real. They're absolutely 100% real. That's more fun. So is Bigfoot, too. All right, guys. We love you. We love you guys. Bye, everyone. Uh, See you next week. Peace.